Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And this week, I'm bringing you a conversation with Eric Schrantz, who's the host and and producer of the Ultra Runner podcast, which honestly is one of the best resources for ultra running out there. In fact, I'd say Eric probably is one of the more prominent voices in the ultra runner community. So if you're interested in getting into the sport, I would highly suggest checking out his podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a lot about it here. I kind of nerd out and geek out because I'm a fan of Eric's and a fan of the of the URP, the Ultra Runner podcast. So you'll definitely hear the reasons why I think it's a great podcast and why I think you should listen to it um, throughout our conversation. I think Eric does a really good job just sharing his passion and his excitement for all things running. In fact, right before we recorded this podcast, I asked him, you know, how much time he has. He's like, well, you know, I've done, I've, I've recorded three podcasts already this morning. So, you know, however much time you need. (laughs) So the dude loves talking about running. Uh, and he's a big proponent, uh, for our sport, especially kind of in the, in the ever changing landscape of ultra running. I was excited, honestly, just to chat with Eric, hear more of his story, um, because he is also an avid runner who has years and years of experience, um, on the trails. And really, I was just curious to kind of pick his brain because he's probably accumulated the most hours of talking about running than maybe anyone on the planet Earth. I'm saying it right now. I'm making that bold statement. So, yeah, we had a great conversation, which I hope you all enjoy. Before we get into it, just a couple housekeeping items. If you are new to the podcast and you're here because you're a fan of Eric's or you're a fan of URP or just ultra running in general, just know this. You can look back on SoundCloud and find our archives um, or you can go on iTunes and find all of our archives there as well. This is not specifically an ultra running podcast, although we've had a few episodes about ultra running. Probably, you know, it's a sport that I'm passionate about it's a sport that i participate in so there's definitely some episodes um about ultra running there's one with jason schlarb there's one with natalie larson uh, melissa sinclair about the tahoe 200 so you can definitely find ultra running content on here but we are more interested in kind of just the mindset of a variety of different athletes and you know, a variety of different adventurers. So we've had episodes about through hiking, um, setting the world record for burpees, which was insane. That's like ultra running of burpees, ultra burpeeing. <laughs> we've had a lot of episodes about climbing mountains, um, talk to the Iron Cowboy about all the Iron Man, Iron Man's, Iron Men. I don't know, however that works. Uh, all the all the craziness that he's done um yeah so check us out we have a wide variety of topics um and i guarantee there's going to be something you find 
useful, some piece of advice that you can carry with you in the future. So yeah, that's Like a Bigfoot. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, just all the social media stuff. So much social media stuff. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, check us out. Um, And without any more of me blabbing on, here is our episode with the host of the Ultra Runner podcast and the guy who brings you the URP daily news, which you should for sure check out because it's amazing. Eric Schrantz. Um, so I guess I wanted to have you on today because, you know, as I was getting into ultra running, I think I told you this in the email I sent you. Uh, I kind of took the, the I, I think it's maybe I'm definitely not the first person to take this route. But, uh, you know, I randomly picked up Born to Run at a, a bookstore yep. in the airport and just it all of a sudden that book just blew my mind like it was way more entertaining yep. than i thought it was going to be it was yeah. you know the thing about ultra running is every event breeds like all these like really fascinating adventure stories um and so i read that book and i was seeking out i saw his ted talk christopher mcdougall and then i'm like oh i wonder if he's on any podcasts and i'm a i'm a huge fan of podcasts <laughs> and uh you know, he was on yours. And then I was like, wow, he has like three or four different people mentioned in this book on their podcast, on the ultra runner podcast, (laughs) you know, listen to that became a fan. And then I moved from Iowa to Virginia and there was 30 miles of single track there. So I was like, well, let's try this thing out. And like a week later, signed up for my first 50 (laughs) K. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I was going to ask and you. Where in Virginia are you, Chris? Um, so actually right now, uh, that was about three years ago. So now uh, my wife and I moved to Arvada, Colorado, which is like on the front oh, range, okay. kind of south of Boulder, okay. like 20 minutes. Um, but we yeah. were in southern Virginia, uh, like on the gotcha. border of North Carolina. So did a bunch of the East Coast races and really enjoyed them. So I know you're a West Coast guy. Um, yep. You should you should check out some East Coast ones for sure though. I I, I will be in uh, later this year in 2018 for sure. Okay, like for sure for sure. I will. Okay. Yeah. Do you are you like do you want to share what race it'll be? I don't I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm going to be running or just going to hang out and check it out. But um, the time has come. <laughs> I need to I need to get over there. So you should if you if you want a really good 50k, the Quest for the Crest in Asheville uh, is yeah. amazing. So. And Asheville's got the great beer scene, right? Asheville is one of the best beer scenes ever. Like, there's 20 breweries in this just kind of smaller 60,000-person town. But are they good? They're good. Yeah. Have you ever had Wicked Weed? Okay. Okay. I do not. Uh, I don't know. I've had so many beers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah yeah okay well you would love it trust me they're they're good so cool. that would be a good one but uh but yeah so i was just wondering do you do you ever just kind of wonder how many people um have you and your podcast to thank or i guess to blame for getting them into the sport <laughs> no no i no I, I have no idea i'm I'm, I'm not great at tracking um, numbers and everything. I mean, I do a decent job at it, but I don't, I mean, I know kind of the reach, but yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, people tell me a lot that I, 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 I never want to think that it's me. I want to think that it's the guests I have on. I mean, if you look at it, it's mainly guests talking um, and the guests are as inspirational to, to you as they are to me. I mean, I love 
hearing, I got the best job in the world. I get to talk to these people and hear what they have to say and ensure it's everybody else. Definitely. What, uh, what made you guys start it? Did you just know a bunch of interesting people in ultra running and you're like, no, no, really? No, no, no. This was, no, this was in like in, uh, in whenever it was. Oh, Oh, I started running, I think in Oh eight started ultras. And, um, and at that point it was, it was kind of hard to find news and information and, and advice. Um, there were, you know, there were Stan Jensen's websites, there was, um, ultra runner, there's ultra Running magazine, obviously, but there wasn't kind of one place where you could get a lot of good information at once and, um, figured, you know, so my, my friend at the time, Scott, um, Scott uh, worked in radio and, uh, and knew enough about, um, audio equipment and kind of interviewing processes and stuff like that. And had started, um, Ultra Runner podcast with two other guys, with Scott and Don, okay. um, the week before. And um, Scotty and I were on a, on a ride, and he said, hey, you know a lot about running. You talk a lot. You want to <laughs> be on a podcast with me? And I said, okay, I have no idea what a podcast podcast is. I mean, I've heard it, but I don't know what it is. But yeah. sure, hang out at a radio station all day and talk about running? Yes. <laughs> um, and um, and went from there. So the, 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 first, the first interview that URP ever did is with Jeff Rose, Okay. Um, and I wasn't on that one, but then I was on um, all of them after that because then I was uh, was was full was uh, one of the normals, one of the regulars. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like ultra running is kind of a sport where everybody, like you're talking about, like advice and you know advice on nutrition, training. Like everybody has oh, yeah. a different piece of advice, and so oh boy, yeah, yeah. So your show's really good at exposing people to you know, all the different viewpoints you possibly could have on this crazy sport. That that's, I, I, I'm glad you say that. I, that, that's, that is my goal is to bring different, exactly what you said, different viewpoints, um, and then different angles. I mean, whether if I'm talking about politics, I want to hear different viewpoints on it from vastly different sides. And if I'm talking about running, I want to hear, I want to hear different viewpoints. Um, you know, somebody saying, you know, that's why I have on, you know, Zach Bitter extolling the virtues of only eating bacon and then the fruitarian who will only eat fruit, you know, and, and both of these guys can race to the very, very top level. And that's just freaking amazing. I mean, there, there's, there's not many other sports like that where you can have such disparate, uh, you know, angles and, 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 and success at both. Yeah, definitely. So what do you make of the, uh, the fruit, like, all of those different styles. Like, do you have your own that you go with for training? For what do you mean for for diet? Yeah, I mean not diet, but yeah, no. maybe diet. I mean, the fruitarian one was definitely one of the mo- more memorable podcasts for sure. <laughs> it was, that was wild. <laughs> oh my god. Um, um, no, for diet, I don't at all. I, I I try to eat healthy. I try to eat what I call clean. I don't follow anything at all. Yeah. Um, my my in laws are hunters, so we always have uh, game in the house. We always have you know buffalo or wild boar or venison or something like that in the house. I'm very fortunate there. Um, but we just eat clean. We have kids. I'm trying to set an example for them eating clean. Yeah. I mean, I will totally totally bomb sometimes and just swing by Taco Bell and get up, get something if I want to occasionally, I don't, you know, whatever. That's a risky move. <laughs> but I, but I try to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But I try to eat clean. Yeah. I try to eat clean. And I, and you know, I, I drink beer, I drink milk, I eat cheese. And right now I'm, I'm paying the price for it because since this injury, um, I've gained 30 pounds since December oh, and wow. that's uh, a lot to lose right now. Yeah. So what, what was the injury? Uh, I blew my meniscus. 
Um, I, um, I, so, you know, last year I, I mean, you know, I, I, I had some pretty decent adventure runs, no races, but I had some really decent adventure runs. You know, I ran a hundred miles for the Himalayas. That was fine. Awesome. And then I get home and I'm playing, um, I'm playing uh, ultimate Frisbee with a bunch of dads at the park. And I, uh, tore my meniscus <laughs> really badly. That, that, that That's year. how that always happens. Every time. I like it I, sucks. I played I a whole season of rugby and was fine. And then I was, I was coaching ninth grade football and I was playing touch football with my players and a kid hit me in the chin yeah. and I bled everywhere. It's like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's been that, that, that basically happened on the first of the year. I had surgery January 31st and I'm okay. I mean, the, yeah. it, it has healed. The surgery's healed and everything. Um, I've gone through a lot of PT, but I'm just in this weird stage of, um, being very afraid to push anything because I don't want to re-injure it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you handle that? Do you do other exercises like go in the pool or? Well, it's hard, man. It's it's really hard to do anything when you're when it's your knee. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, what do what do you what do you do? Um, you know, I couldn't put any I couldn't put any pressure because I, I couldn't even do sit-ups or anything because that would be kind of pulling on the knee. You know, oh, if, yeah. I'm, if I have my, my, my legs down. Um, so no, I didn't do anything. And, um, and luckily it happened at a real busy time for you repeat real busy is, is December, January, February, March, April are really, really, really busy times. Um, and, uh, just in terms of advertisers trying to get out and getting, getting messaging out for races coming up. Yeah. And so I was just, I just threw myself into, into work and, um, and into kids and house stuff and put running on hold. I mean, yeah, I did yeah. a lot of PT, but I couldn't do anything else. Well, so then is URP kind of your saving grace to like keeps keep sanity almost because you're oh, still sure. involved in running. I mean, you're one of the voices totally. of ultra running, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 I'm lucky enough that I get to talk about it and write about it all day and kind of stay in, stay in touch that way. But then I, I have to hear about it. I interview yeah. somebody, they're going to go run this race this weekend. I'm dying. You know, Mendocino 50K was this, was this last weekend. And I ran it last year and just had a fantastic time. Didn't do great at the run, but it was an inaugural run. It was just breathtaking gorgeous. It was on the, on the Mendocino coast, on the Redwood coast in Northern California. Um, it was it turned out to be a vegan event that I didn't know about. So I got to the aid stations and said, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> where's my candy and coke you know and uh and it wasn't like that but it was a, just a great event and i missed it this year because of his injury yeah and i got to hear about everybody going to it and that was great but then i didn't get to go oh so, yeah so, you know double short yeah uh, i understand i understand so what's what kind of what kind of food do they have at a at a vegan aid station um i i, I can't tell her i remember um packs of like chia drinks like okay. um I don't know how else to explain it. like a chia, like a jello type of mixture thing drink that was in some packs. Um, and then like a lot of home, like baked things Okay. and nuts and stuff like that. You know, there's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't too weird. I just didn't know about it. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, well, I mean, I guess that's where adapting comes in. You know, I've always said, I think that the, the, the best quality you can have is, is, is adaptability. And that really came in because I, I you know, you just adapt. That's true. That's true. So I guess through your podcast, we like if someone comes into the podcast, like I did really, and like didn't know anything about ultra running, you know, your podcast really gives them a good idea of just like the vastness of the sport, you know, where there's like mountain races, deserts, there's stage races, 
you know yeah, yeah the, the 24 hours on the track um yeah do you, <laughs> 24 do you, oh come on chris or, 48 72 <laughs> that's so bonkers have you ever done one like that um, I've never done 24 or 48 on the track. I've done them around a park, um, uh, which is a one mile loop around a park, a park near my house. And only reason I did that, I was, I was going to, I was ready to do a 24 hour on the track and my wife was due I, I, next week or so. And I thought there's no way I can go do that. So I did, I did it around the park. I did a uh, 12 hour and then a 12, a 24 hour around the park. Wow. How, and, um, how do you stay sane yeah. during that? Oh, that's not hard. Really? It's not hard. It was really interesting, actually. No, it was, it was uh, you know, I listened to music. Um, I got to see, like, a day in the life of the park, which is really interesting. Um, I go to the park all the time. My son and my kid both went to preschool there. And um, and it's just really interesting to see who's at the park. There's a homeless guy who sat in the same place all day. I was there for 24 hours, and he was there the entire time and didn't move. Really? <laughs> I thought, that's, that's weird. Um yeah, you know, you see kids come and go and adults come and go and um, just kind of the flow of things. Um, the, the hardest thing by far was trying to count laps. Um, I don't have a Garmin. I don't wear a watch or anything. So I was trying to count count laps and doing it. I was doing it in a uh, like a watch machine style. Yeah. I think I was doing five and five and just trying to remember what lap I was on was so hard. It was wow. so hard. I didn't have a way to do it. I didn't want to leave a clipboard on the ground and anything like that. I didn't want anybody to sabotage it. Um, you know, I thought about putting like, you know, tossing up a rock into a bucket or something like that. And I just, <laughs> I just ended up counting. And luckily I had, I had a bunch of friends with me for probably half the time yeah. and uh, they helped, they helped. But it was, that was, that was the hardest part. So wait, this was kind of your own, this was of your own yeah, this making? Is okay. Yeah, yeah, this is just self-supported. Um, I mean, my wife brought me some food and she brought me, I said, I said, so you just, just, you know, bring me a beer because I'm going to want something. Yeah. And she brought me a Foster's, which is just horrendous. <laughs> I, I didn't know I disliked the beer that much. Um, and, and I, I, I dislike it a lot. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was horrible. Um, but, uh, I, 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 I always encourage people to do timed events like that. Um, really before they get into longer stuff, because it, it, it really builds a lot of mental strength. And um, it, it, it really shows you that uh, if you can run around a stupid park for 12 hours, you can run through the mountains for nine. Yeah. You know, it's a different, it's such a different, um, it, it's, 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 it's so harder to run around a park, I, I think, because your brain just says, get me out of here, get me out of here. Well, exactly. And you're passing your car every mile, I'm assuming. Exactly. I could stop. I could drive home. I could just lay in the car and sleep. All right. I can do that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. like way bigger mental toughness, especially if you're the yeah. one who's oh, it's way hard. the only one out there doing the event. Right. Totally. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's I always I, I I get asked the question a lot is I want to run an ultra. Well, what should I run? Or you know how should I train for fifty mile or something like that? And I I I always say do it do a timed event. Go enter a twelve miler because you're going to finish. You're guaranteed to finish. Yeah. Even if you stop, <laughs> you still finish. Um, you have the aid station there, so you don't need to worry about a crew and a pacer and all that stuff. Um, mental strength is going to be that you're going to learn to keep pushing, you know, keep pushing past and keep pushing past. And you're not going to have to, you know, think about, uh, you know, directions or anything like that. It's, it's just going to show you that you can do that. You can run that distance. Yeah, definitely. Is that something you would suggest? So for me personally, I've only my top 
races a 50 miler so would that be something you would suggest if you're like bumping up to the next level okay oh yeah absolutely especially from 50 milers people try to make that jump from from 50 to 100 and it's a hell of a jump (laughs) you know that's a hell of a jump most people would get done with a 50 miler and say i'm done with that i don't want to run another one right now i just ran one like a month ago in monument valley which by the way you should check that one out for sure it's beautiful in arizona yeah uh arizona and utah yeah Who's, whose race was that? Uh, Ultra Adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's, yeah, he puts on uh, Zion and Bryce, too. He puts on one. Uh, like, I want to do every single one of them, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, those look beautiful. Those I've looked at those in, in Monument Valley. Those look fantastic. It was, it was beautiful. But I got done with the 50-miler, and I was like, how in the world? Like, I just couldn't. I've talked to people who have done 100-milers, but I just could not wrap my head around it. I'm like, I have no idea yeah. how you would do that. <laughs> Yeah, then, then then find it then 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 really I mean find a, a a park or something like that or a track or something and put on a really kick-ass playlist and go for it run for twelve hours okay um, and run for eight whatever it is just set your goal and, and have somebody drop you off and run <laughs> you will <laughs> you will I mean you'll you'll get to seventy miles or something and say okay you know like that's possible I can do that my legs can do that my body can do that and then. Move that, move that to the, to the mountains. Okay, cool, man. So, what's what's your personal favorite like type of race? If you had to describe one, or you um, had to one, uh, West Coast trails. So, runnable, smooth, um, hilly terrain with great people. Okay, like rolling but, but hills runnable, almost. Runnable, smooth. Ro- rolling is rolling is fine. But I like climbs. Okay. I like I like good sustained sustained climbs. I don't like technical, and I don't like uh, a lot of downhill. I'm not a good downhill runner, but you know, gradual downhill is fine. I can open up my legs. I'm six two. I can open up my legs and do fine. But if it's if it's a steep downhill or technical downhill, I'm yeah. just a big old wimp. Okay, so I suggested Quest for the Crest 50k earlier. Yeah. That's probably wouldn't yeah. be a super good one. <laughs> technical it's so technical like honestly yeah i probably hiked everything i probably only ran five yeah. miles of it by the end of the day yeah and see that's that's just not my yeah that's just not my thing yeah. that people are really into those and I, I if 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 the race is advertised as the hardest 50k in the state or the hardest 50 yeah. miler i'm just, i'm not interested i, yeah. I, I want to run i like to run yeah see if i can push myself that way um Technical stuff is great for some people, and that is not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand. I liked, you know, kind of a mixture. So Monument Valley was flat most of the time. And, you know, by the end, I was, like, craving a climb so I could change up the pace a little bit, you know. But Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so you're out in California. So what, like, what would be the quintessential California race that you would recommend? Quintessential. I'm in Northern California. Remember, Southern California, Northern California, very different. I was raised in Southern California. I'm in Northern California. Um, oh, cool. Quintessential Northern California race. Oh, I mean, it's hard not to say Western because yeah. <laughs> that's, it is it is Western. But if if we're going to go for something other than that, I would say something like Miwok. Um, Miwok 100K, uh, just north of San Francisco. Um, it's it's fantastically beautiful. It's all runnable, smooth butter trails on the on the coast. Um, with great people working it, the great race director, fantastic beer, um, good fast field. Yeah, Miwok's a good one, and and completely unpredictable weather. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that makes it more fun, though. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so totally. and and it's the same weather for everybody. 
Yeah, good point. <laughs> That's true. That's kind of like something you should remind yourself in the middle of the race. Yeah, like, absolutely. This sucks for me, but it sucks for everybody right now. Yeah. Um, it's this cold for everybody. Yeah. Right? Except those bastards who are done already. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I remember my very first race was in Iowa and it was a seven mile race. And I was like in seventh grade and it was an out and back. And so like mile two, all the like... Kenyan runners were already coming yeah. back and I was like, what? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, me, actually, actually in Newark for me a few years, it was seven or eight years ago. Um, I was in decent shape. I mean, I was in pretty darn decent shape running. It's a hundred K and, um, and coming back at me, part of it's an out and back and coming back at me was Dave Mackey, who was, who was leading the race at the time. And he was like 15 miles ahead of me. And I was in decent shape, and he was that far ahead of me um, in 100K. It just, it's it, that, 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 the, the guys at the very top level are, uh, are, in, a, are in a different sport. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, uh, what are some of the like, big pieces of advice you've learned from talking to them? Because honestly, if I think about it, you, you've probably talked to more elite runners than most people have in this sport. Well, well um, uh, I, I learn a lot from elites, but I learn a lot from um, non-elites. I mean, I think the, 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 the people I learn most from are the dudes who've been running for 30 years and, um, and aren't, aren't winning. You know, maybe they were good at one point, but they're not winning. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they've, they, they ran during the time before we had, you know, goos and garments and hokas and everything like that. And so they really had to learn and know and have this wisdom. Um, those are the guys I, I, I really, I think, glean the most information from. I love hearing what the, what the elites have to do, and I'm just blown away by the workouts. I mean, crazy blown away by, the, by some of these workouts <laughs> that these guys do, guy, and, and women do. Um, uh, some of the advice, oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my goodness. What did I hear from, from Blake today? Um, spoke to Blake, who has been running forever and um, at a very, very, very high level. Um, I think, well, I think the overall, the overall lesson that I've learned is, is you're going to fail a lot and just keep trying at different things. Um, you know, it's, a, it's been described as a giant game of whack-a-mole. And, um, and when, you know, just, just when you figure out your diet, um, out, you know, then this comes up, then this comes up. And then you've got, you know, plantar fasciitis and you get that figured out. And then, then your stomach turns out, you get that figured out and you decide to enter a 200 mile and you got to figure out what the hell you're going to do with that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the adaptability is whenever you talk to, talk to people who, who are doing well, either doing well on a, on a personal level or, or winning races, they know how to adapt and they know how to, you know, duck and dive with whatever situation is thrown at them. Um, nobody just says tell with it and gives up yeah. or, Oh my God, I forgot my iPod on my iPod today. So I can't run. Um, they, they figure it out. Yeah. That's why I kind of think like ultra running, if you're not, tough going into the sport you learn how to become tough um yeah. based off yeah. of the situations yeah. you're forced into <laughs> yeah no and it and it and and you know i, I think like you're saying it it um it it, it leads to, to the rest of your life too i don't know if you've read ultra mindset by travis macy but it's it's fantastic and it, it really shows how um how how the ultra mindset of of exactly that of keeping going forward and dealing with the problems you know planning Planning for, for, for what you want your day to look like, and then when it goes wrong, because it's going to, yeah. um, 
moving around, adapting, and, and moving forward. And uh, it's, it's a great book. It's a, it's a great book. It's um, from all angles. And um, Travis Macy, yeah, the Ultra Mindset. And uh, he's an accomplished runner as well. He's an oldest 14 finisher. And, um, yeah, real, real good book. And I think that's, that's, that's the best advice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I remember, I think I remember listening to that podcast you did with him and it's just, it's a really fascinating episode. Um, do you have like, I mean, I know it's kind of like kids, right? You can't say which kid's your favorite, but do you have a favorite episode that you've done or one that Uh, you think was really affecting? I have had so many where, where we finished and, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And, um, and I just think, I learned a lot there or, or that, that guest was really dynamic or something. And then it just turns out and nobody really likes it. <laughs> and then, and then there's been times where, you know, I've finished and Sarah and I've talked and we said like, eh, you know, that was okay. And it turns out to be just people loved. Yeah. Um, so what I like, what people like, I mean, everybody's got their own, their, their, their own taste. I mean, uh, you know, episodes are names that come to mind. I, I've always liked talking to John Trent. Um, you know, he was a former sports writer, um, president of Western States Foundation, you know, longtime finisher and about the nicest, the nicest guy you'll ever meet in the world and just has a, a, a tremendous amount of wisdom and the ability to share that. Um, and just get away talking to John thinking, man, I just learned, I, you know, I just learned a lot and I feel great about the sport. Um, I've always loved talking to Wardian. I think I've interviewed Wardian like five times or something, Mike oh. Wardian. And his enthusiasm and his crazy stories are just, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm, you listen to a lot of You just, yeah. I, I just sit here shaking my head listening to him. <laughs> like, I'm, hey, I'm going to run know. seven marathons and seven continents super quick. Yeah. And he's older than me and he's got a job and, I mean, all that. You know, he, he's, I love talking to him. Um, you, you referenced the Praetorian. I mean, that was one. Now that was one where we finished it, and and I thought oh, that was kind of a weird interview. Um, <laughs> I don't know that that guy was kind of weird. I don't know how that's going to play. And then uh, people liked it, and then um, I listened to it. I rarely listen to podcasts, and yeah. and I, I I I listened to it, and my wife and I were like, "There's the answer. We're doing it. We're going for Tarion. Yeah. And uh, you know, a chain of events transpired over the next few weeks that didn't turn out well for us. But we're we're not we're not for Tarion. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, who else would I like talking? You gave it a, the um, old college try, though. So that's oh, all that man. matters. <laughs> uh, it was. It did not. Yeah. It, I don't know how he does that. It is. It did not go well. Too much I fiber, probably. Right. It was a combination of fiber and acid. Oh, yeah. God. Acid from all the fruit. I ate like thirty oranges or something, <laughs> and um, and it did not sit well. Oh my <laughs> it god. Did not sit well. I, I I always look back. I love talking to Zach Miller. The first interview with Zach Miller. Um, whatever it was, four years ago or something, when he was when he was living on the cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and um, and getting to know his crazy life. And I, I mean, I remember specifically, uh, you know, he'd say, "Yeah, you know, I I run for, you know, six hours on the treadmill, and then or three hours on the treadmill, or whatever. And then when I get to port, you know, I find the tallest mountain and I run to it and I run back. Yeah. And I said, what do you you know, are you sharing the 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 the, the treadmill with like the people on the cruise and does anybody wonder why you're on there for so long? And what do you watch on TV? Who controls the remote? <laughs> so I don't watch TV. I just watch the ocean. <laughs> and he's just he's just That's watching crazy. the ocean for six hours. And I'm like, that, that is a that is a dude with a tough tough mind. Yeah, who can who can who can do do that? I can either go out on this cruise ship and hang out with the guests, 
on a cruise ship, or I can be inside on a treadmill for six hours watch, watching the ocean. And that's what he did. That's you know, so he's crazy. A, he's incredible. Guy's incredible Th- that one had one of my favorite stories because I think it would, he said when he ran up the mountain, he like noticed that the boat was going to leave in an hour and he had to like yeah. sprint back to yeah. <laughs> Or he was gonna get left in Greece or wherever he was, or, <laughs> yeah, wherever it was, yeah, yeah. He he was he was that was that was a, that was a wild that was a that was quite a story. It's crazy. You've had some really good ones on recently. Uh, Ricky Gates doing the whole like yeah, I don't that a great I, story. It's such a great. It's so fun to follow because he's running across America, but he's not doing it for time or like a record or no. anything. He's just doing it to enjoy no. it. He's doing it to, and, to, and to learn, and it's it's a real it's a it's I think it's so awesome. And for those who are not familiar, he's it's he's running from South Carolina to San Francisco, which um, if you if you just drive it, it's twenty seven hundred miles. He's taking thirty five hundred miles to do it, um, and uh, because he's just kind of winding his way through and um, wants to hit certain trails. He wants to hit the Arizona Trail, the Pony Express Trail, Western States Trail, and uh, Appalachian Trail. Yeah. And he's just meeting people, and he's just sleeping on people's lawns and. <laughs> You know, people are yelling at him, what the hell are you doing here, boy? And he says, I'm running. And they, so they, well, why don't you come in? And then they feed him. You know? It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm loving, I'm loving watching him. I can't, I can't wait till he gets to California. Yeah, seriously. Are you, so are you close to San Francisco? Yeah. Yes. Um, Sacramento is, uh, we're about an hour and a half to San Francisco and an hour and a half to, to Tahoe. Okay. So right Right in between, so That's I can I can drive an hour and a half to the start of states, or an hour and a half to some just incredible, incredible trails in uh, in Marin County in the Headlands. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been there, and I've it was actually we went to San Francisco right before I realized you could run on trails, which is a hilarious realization because yeah. you hike yeah. on them your whole life, and then you're like, wait a second, you can run on I, these? I, <laughs> this I, I just had this conversation today. I, I interviewed a woman, uh, Jess Mullen, um, from Seattle who uh, grew up in San Francisco, so San Francisco proper, and then moved to Seattle, and she was a runner in San Francisco, and she was a runner in, in Seattle. And then just in, like, 2011, I think, she started running on the trails and looking back saying, what the hell, why was I running on the road? Exactly. There were these incredible trails, and what was I doing there? It is a funny realization. Exactly. And and people ask about it, why are the trails? They say, well, if you've been hiking, yeah. Well, it's the same. It's, it's that, but more fun. <laughs> it's that. It's just faster. That's it. <laughs> you can cover more distance. Yeah, I saw someone yeah. yesterday. I was taking my girls hiking, um, like west of Denver, and you know, there's these beautiful trails, and then there's a bike path right next to it, like a paved bike path. And I saw someone running on it, and I was tempted to just be like, yeah. "Hey, take like step over five feet and go on that trail." Yeah. And I'm I'm going to defend that person for a second. Okay, I have okay. been doing that in my in my injury recovery. Um, we have the same situation. We have a single track equestrian trail right next to a paved bike path, and I'm on the bike, paved bike path a lot. Um, in this in in my recovery because I don't want to I don't want to mess anything up. So Touché. I have been horribly self conscious running up there, thinking people just think I'm a douchebag running up on the you know on the on the bike path. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to like when you're running on it, don't talk because do, do people recognize your voice like at an ultra marathon? <laughs> I've had that before. Have you? Yeah. Uh, I, Oh yeah. A lot. Yeah. 
Um, and it's and it's always shocking because I, I don't I, I you know I kind of get distracted or forget about about um, you know about a lot of people listening to the show and I'll be running and somebody will look I I know your voice where do I know your voice from or oh that's funny you know, uh, now go on run or something like that and yeah yeah I get that a lot now Scotty who I started the show with yeah. uh, Scotty was in was in radio um, was uh, was on a morning drive station so he was on he was on air talent um, and so he uh, you know a huge reach and um, and everybody recognized his voice um, from from that from yeah. uh, from AM radio. Um, but this is just a silly podcast about ultra running that most people don't understand. And my, my wife always gets a kick out of it because she's not a runner and she's, you know, Eric, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Was it, was it intimidating when, uh, Scotty had to stop and you took over kind of, (laughs) kind of solo, Uh but you've had like co-hosts on, but yeah, that was, um, it was intimidating. It was scary. It was sad. You know, there's, there's a lot of emotions that, that went in there because, you know, Scott was going through, you know, a lot at, at home, you know, is, um, you know, he shared it. So I feel comfortable. I mean, his marriage was deteriorating. He was, he was, he was having a tough time at home and that was, it was tough to see. Yeah. Um, and then just on the, on the purely personal side of it, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been going into this million dollar studio with sound techs and engineers and mixing boards and I mean, some incredible stuff. And all of a sudden that was gone. Yeah. Um, gone. And it was me and this idea and this desire to pull this off somehow. And I mean, and zero technical, I mean, <laughs> zero technical knowledge. Um, and still, I, you know, I'd never listened to another podcast. I didn't know what we're supposed to be doing and, <laughs> and I had no idea how to record anything. So I just went on a bomb ass mission on the internet just tried to learn about yeah you know buy a bunch of used equipment on ebay and see what works yeah 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 it was great so i definitely wanted to ask you about not listening to any other podcast or like you've never listened to a podcast before no 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 (laughs) i I, I don't want to sound like a jerk saying i mean or dismissive or something no 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 um, it's interesting i I just I, i i hadn't before you know before this before URP and I, I just don't want to get anything in my head about, Oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up my own head yeah. and start trying to do something that is not, does not feel natural to me. That is now, I don't know. I just talk to people, you know I mean? I have an idea, I have some notes, I have background, but I'm just talking to them yeah. and I don't want to get in my head that I'm supposed to be doing something else. And I really haven't. I mean, I've listened to, um, Snippets. People have sent me, you know, snippets on 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 things. Um, sometimes it's comedy. It's Bill Burr or something. Or sometimes oh, it's, Bill it's, it's running. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I'll and I'll listen to that. But no, I've never listened to a, a whole show. Yeah. No, definitely not. Well, that's that's no. interesting because well, because you definitely come across as like super authentic. Because I listen, I do listen to a lot of po- like too many podcasts probably, but uh, you know the the best ones are where people come off authentic and you can tell that's just them having a conversation. Um, so it's funny though, cause you kind of speaking of Bill Burr, I've heard from, I've heard a lot of comedians say that they won't go watch other stand up comedy because they're afraid that'll get into their ah, head. Yeah. So kind yeah. Of, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess it's the same theory. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, in my head, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't want to change anything that I'm doing. And probably a lot of people say you probably should, because then you can be better and improve and everything like that. But I, I don't know. I, nah. I just, 
And I, I'm a fairly obsessive personality as well. And if I got into podcasts, I would probably go down a rabbit hole that, <laughs> you know, I just don't have time for. Yeah, yeah. No, 100% agree. So do you see not just podcasting, but like social media in general, has that affected the popularity of ultras? Because it's definitely, I don't know, it seems like it's exploded over the last five years or oh, yeah. so. Or... Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, and you can, you can contribute it to whatever you want. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new way for people to brag, you know, if you want to be <laughs> cynical about it. Um, um, and it, it brought people, it brought people together and it also, you know, showed people that there's this out there and it, uh, it, uh, it allowed people to ask questions and stuff. I mean, back in the day, 20 years ago, I mean, you'd get ultra magazine. It was like three times a year or something. And that was your, that was it. Yeah. That was what you got. Um, you had to know people, um, and I mean, you can argue forever if it's for better or for worse, what social media has done, done to the, to the bubble. Um, it'll be real interesting to see where we are in five years and 10 years, yeah. but as is now, I mean, I, you know, I think it's overall net, I think it's good. You know, we get to learn more and uh, learn from each other and see what's going on out there and, um, tell stories and share experiences. I think it's good. Yeah. Well, I was telling you before it's for me, it's the stories like Anytime you go run an ultra, you know, there might be 50 people doing the race and you're going to have 50 different, pretty intriguing and entertaining stories. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, yes, I completely agree. That's, um, when this started and people were asking, well, how many people can you interview? I mean, how many, how many stars are there? (laughs) Like forever. Yeah. There's every race. There's a story. There's, there's, there's 20 fantastic stories that, um, that, that it may be from the front runner. It might be from the back runner, but there's 20 fantastic stories there. So we've, we've content forever. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, um, I have another theory. I think it's just as soon as people see a video of Anton Kropika running shirtless through the mountains, like a bearded, like wonderful man, you want to instantly do ultra running. That's my theory. <laughs> he, 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 he is a very influential character. Did you read uh, that article a few days ago? I saw that you posted it. I've actually been meaning to read it. Uh, it was something okay, about like yeah, the post-Anton era. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I agree with... Um, I agree with a lot of what he said. I think a lot of what he said was taken crazy places that shouldn't have been. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, during that time, it was like, I mean, he was this, this mythical character, you know, it was, just, it was, uh, it was, it was, and, uh, it was, it was weird. And, you know, he's not, he's not really running anymore. I don't really, I don't really follow him anymore. Not much interest. Yeah. What I do know is that whenever I post anything about him, people go crazy because there's, I mean, w- way more than anybody. <laughs> really? there, there is no second place. I mean, no, no, no. In terms of just, just. Uh, just a link to Anton is, is people eat that up more than, you know, more than Dean, more than Rob, more than, more than, you know, Killian, more than anybody. Wow. People are still just really, really interested because he was this, yeah, I mean, he was there at the right time, you know, during, yeah. you know, during Born to Run and during all this. And he was this, this, this shirtless dude running <laughs> 200 miles a week, you know, That's I mean, crazy. and then writing beautiful prose about his, his daily routine of Green Mountain. Yeah. I mean, how many times can you write a race report <laughs> or, or a run report about a, about a mountain that you're running literally every single week? And every week you'd find a way to write about it differently. It was, it was great. It was wow. great. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's great. 
Yeah. I keep, I've, so I keep going up to Boulder and every once in a while I'll do a training run up there. And I'm like, one of these times, one of these times. <laughs> I um, think he lives, he still lives in Boulder, right? I, I, I assume so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. But he's kind of like a morphed into like just an all around mountain athlete of like biking and right. like skiing and climbing. Yeah. Mountain. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So I guess uh, to wrap it up, because I don't want to take too much of your time, um, what's like a high point and a low point of just for your running, your own running career? Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, high points have always been when I finish a race and my and my kids are there. Yeah. Um, just, just. It, it, you you have kids. Yeah. Trying to explain it to trying to explain that to me ten years ago before I had kids, I would have said, "Oh, okay, that must be really amazing." <laughs> but it's it's so different when you like you know what I mean. It's yeah. like You just can't put into words. Like I finish a race and I'm emotionally shot, or or not a race or or an adventure run. I mean, my wife yeah. will drop me off sometimes, and I'll run up and over a mountain and back, and I'll meet the kids at the beach or a park or something. And after doing that, you know, for what, you know, however many hours or whatever it is, and my kids are there to see me, see me finish. Um, it's just every time that happens is, is like the first time. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I just, you know, my daughter's seven, my, my son is five and I just feel fantastic. Um, man, low points, um, probably injuries. Yeah. Probably yeah. injuries. Um, you know, either, either getting them or, or, um, getting over them and looking back and thinking, I just wasted that two months. You know, I, I should have been doing something with that two months. That I was injured. I should have been doing core more. I should have been doing something more. And I wasn't, yeah. um, you know, I'm still maybe doing stuff, but I am pretty hard on myself sometimes that way. Um, I also had a DNF a few years ago. That was, that was pretty pathetic. Was I didn't, your it, first wasn't, one? it wasn't my low point at all. Um, no, no, it was just, it, I, I just got done with it. And I thought, that was, I shouldn't even enter that race. I shouldn't even DNF. It was just one of those, yeah. like, that was just a, a bad day altogether. I, uh, I'd been at an event for my wife's work and I was just eating, I was literally eating ballpark hot dogs all day. <laughs> and, and then I went and ran, I tried to run a 24 hour at, um, at, uh, at, uh, San Francisco at, uh, Chrissy field. You and can't do anything. I, just, after. I mean, I literally, <laughs> no, no, I did. She, so she, she works with this company. She they, 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 they rent out giant stadium, whatever the stadium is called nowadays. And, um, and the, all the vendors are open. So we're just eating ball, I mean, beer and ballpark food all day <laughs> while the concerts are going on and stuff. And then, um, so I had her drop me off at the race. And, uh, then I told her I'd take a bus back the next day because, you know, I had to get back to Sacramento. It was going to be 24 hour. And she said, no, you're an idiot, but okay, go for it. <laughs> and I got like, I got like three hours into it. This is running around Chrissy field, which is, I think it's a mile loop. I'm right on the, right on San Francisco Bay. It's really, really great, great place. And I ran around for three hours just thinking, this sucks. You know, th I'm just not into this right now. Just kind of feeling, feeling it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I, I literally called Uber. I've never used Uber before. And, and I said, I got this app. Let's just do it. Dude, I want the hell out of here. Yeah. And, and I got an Uber to pick me up on the, li literally on the course. I mean, it's, it's around a park, so it's not like on a single track, but literally an Uber, I, I'd never used it before. So I think I ordered the fancy one because Lincoln showed up. <laughs> and then it took me to the bus station and I went home after three oh. hours. And I just sat on the bus thinking that was pathetic. 
it wasn't even that I was mad about the DNF. It was just kind of all together. The whole thing. Yeah. Like, did you try to like sneak into the Uber or? No, I, I, there is, there is, there is no shame at that point. Okay. I was going to say like the Uber (laughs) just pulls up and they're like, Eric, Eric, we're looking for you. And you're like, Oh God. No, no. I mean, no, no. I mean, it wasn't a start finish. It was literally from the, from the course. You know, I just stopped running and just said, bullshit i just called the door. <laughs> <laughs> up, so that was it <laughs> oh man that's that sounds pretty bad so okay i guess we'll finish on like a more upbeat upbeat question when you okay. all right, all right. i know you always finish on what's your favorite beer so i'm i'm so tempted yeah. to ask you but i know that you uh that's love possible. Beer. I can't answer that. Like, there's so many beers right yeah 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 i can't <laughs> answer that yep. when you finish a race then and you're just like I'm going off the rails on food. Like I'm just going balls to the wall, like have the best yeah. food of all time. What's your go-to? Oh my God. Um, um, yeah. So immediately after a race, I don't usually eat. Okay. Um, I, I'm not hungry. Or after a big run, I don't usually eat. The next day is when I just get, I just get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just get completely out of control. Um, it's usually Mexican food. Okay. Or barbecue or ribs or I mean I I'll, I'll eat anything. I'm pretty bad. Just whatever, like put it in, front of me in the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it put it in front of me, and you know, and that's part of the thing. I, I interviewed this dietitian today, and you know, we were talking about the whole thing of of uh, using the excuse. Well, I just ran 20 miles, so of <laughs> course I can eat this cheeseburger. Well, I just did this, so I'm gonna have this. Well, I just did this, so I'm gonna have you know an extra beer. And how how bad that is. How that's just so counterproductive. So now, now you just basically didn't run that 20 miles because you just filled oh, your calories right back up. What you know? a buzzkill though, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> and I don't, I, you know, she can say that that's fine. And I'm still going to continue to do that. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I am. Yeah. No, me too. Because pizza and beer after a race is like the greatest it's, food you could possibly have. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. Beer, oh, beer and cold pizza. Yeah, I don't like hot pizza after a race. But really? Yeah, cold pizza, absolutely. Uh, nice. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll have to try that next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my wife to put some pizza in the freezer or something. Or like yeah, the, well, the not cooler. that. But no, the cooler. I don't know. Just yeah. hot things. It's like chocolate, too. Hot things and chocolate after a race is just not... That's not what my mouth wants. Yeah, no, agreed. My oh, mouth yeah. wants copious amounts of Coca-Cola and ice. And and pizza and beer. Yeah. Exactly, agreed. So wait, I guess one thing I did actually mean to ask you: sure. What's up with the uh, Alpenhorn? Like, <laughs> I saw you. Oh you yeah. You go to races and you uh, have this giant horn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always been interested in kind of uh, weird instruments. I got into the Alpenhorn. Uh, I don't know. I started looking at them two or three years ago. Yeah. And online and stuff and and. It, it's not an easy instrument to buy because it's giant and it's expensive and they're, they're and it's obscure. Yeah. Um, so I had been looking up on eBay and stuff and looking up on, you know, there's musical sites that sell used equipment and stuff. And they're so hard to find. I found one in Texas early last year, um, but it didn't break down. It was just one piece. Okay. I thought, well, that's going to be a fortune to mail that thing, or I'm going to have to drive down there. And then what, how am I going to get it back? I mean, I'm literally going to put on top of my car. <laughs> That would, that would be amazing. That would be amazing if you, you did know, know. And then I'd have to tell my wife that I've <laughs> driven to Texas to buy an Alpenhorn. <laughs> That's just going to open up something I don't want to open up. 
Um, and uh, so I've been I've been seeing some on eBay, and they're expensive. You know, they're eighteen hundred bucks or something. And and um, I, I I this this sounds like I've got a problem. And Chris, I promise you, I do not. Um, I it, denial is the first problem, I suppose. I a bid on one on eBay and didn't think that it was going to go anywhere. And um, next morning got, got an email um, from eBay. This congratulations, you know, you, you won your bid. <laughs> um, and I thought, Oh crap. Um, and I had to open up the email and see what I bid for it. And luckily it wasn't too bad. You know, I didn't get completely out of control. That's good. It was, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I sent a lot of money to a guy in Austria um, to, um, send me an alpine horn. And, uh, so I kind of learned to play it a little bit and I, I, I love it. It's a beautiful instrument. It's, it's very, it's fantastic in the canyons and the mountains and stuff. Oh yeah. And, um, and I don't know, kids like it. It's kind of fun to play. And, um, I've written it off as a marketing tool. So yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it's probably a fun thing. Like when you're, yeah. you know, getting to the top of the mountain in a race and this dude's standing up totally. there blasting the alpine horn. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. I've got I got some some pretty decent lederhosen, um, and I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna be playing it this weekend at the um, at the canyons. And you want to talk about a cardio workout? Um, blowing that much air is a is a is a chore, and uh, it's, it's it's 11 feet of air you have to blow. That's amazing. Um, so during injury, it's a it's a good workout. That's amazing. That's some good uh good training advice there. <laughs> and, my wife's okay with it because I've, you know, I've taken it places and I've been actually paid and stuff like that for, for, for races <laughs> and she's, she's okay with it now that it's, now that it's actually some kind of job. And I've, I've, my, my kids at their school, they've got an international music class and I've uh, gone in and, you know, taught about the Alpine horn and you, so know, cool. the, the, you know, the basics of it and where it came from and why it's so big and what it does in Austria and Switzerland. Yeah. That's and, amazing. And yeah, and I've come up with a lot of good comebacks too. It's a Ricola, Ricola, Ricola. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Eric, for joining me today. I I really have enjoyed the Ultra Runner podcast, and especially if you if you haven't heard it before, check out the podcast. But the URP Daily News is seriously like one of the best sources of ultra running and uh, adventure sports. Um, it's just a, a daily kind of update and it's awesome. So thank science. you for doing that. You forgot that. science, Chris. Oh, and science. science. My fault. I am a science week, teacher science, by trade. Water is good. Next week, science is, water is bad. <laughs> this week, <laughs> foam rolling is good. Next week, foam rolling is bad. That's my favorite part. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So, all right. Thank you, Eric, for everything right. you do for the sport. And, uh, thanks for chatting. All right. I appreciate having you on. Thanks, Chris. All right. See ya. Bye now. Bye. All right, and that wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Um, one thing I wanted to clarify. Before we started recording the podcast, Eric and I were talking about East Coast trail races, and I suggested my absolute favorite East Coast trail race, the Quest for the Crest 50K in Asheville. Um, <laughs> and then as he got around in the podcast and he was sharing his preferences which is runnable courses um not a lot of steep downhills um the quest for the crest totally didn't necessarily sound like like one he would enjoy um but if you guys love mountain races and if you're someone from the 
like west of the Mississippi who's obsessed with like really big mountains and all the crazy steep races that we have out here with the really technical terrain and you know the the uh isolation that you can find uh you know somewhere on a west coast mountain range i would highly suggest checking out quest for the crest um it's a 50k where i think there's over 12,000 feet of elevation gain and 12,000 feet of elevation loss uh you start the race by literally climbing 3,000 feet in the first 5k straight up the mountain hands and feet sometimes um the first 5k took me like an hour (laughs) but it's a phenomenal race so seriously if you guys want to check out an east coast race highly suggest quest for the crest 50k i believe it's sold out this year but definitely keep it in mind uh for 2018 it's in Asheville, which is one of my favorite towns in the United States. Uh, it's it's a place my wife and I really, really, really considered moving to um, had our family been just a l- little bit closer because it would have been like 15 hours away, <laughs> which is hard when you have two kids. So yeah, Quest for the Crest 50K, I, I would highly suggest if and only if you enjoy those technical, steep, mountain races uh you're gonna get some one of the most beautiful viewpoints that i saw the whole entire three years i was out uh in virginia north carolina area um it's pretty amazing it's the black mountains in Asheville. i believe the race director is sean the run bum blanton uh he also does georgia death race and Uh, The other race of his that I participated in was the Grayson Highlands 50K. And really, he kind of tries to make it a point to make sure that the races kind of take you to these epic and beautiful areas in the uh, in the southeast. So, yeah, definitely check out check out that race and maybe some of the other races that that Sean does. And as I said at the beginning, and probably like way too many times throughout, (laughs) if you haven't, check out the uh, Eric's Ultra Runner podcast because honestly, it's it's phenomenal. It's one of the best resources out there for people looking to get into the sport or people wanting to kind of expand their minds as to what the sport could include. So, cause I remember one episode he had a guy on who did like a 350 mile self-supported race across Tennessee. And I was like, this counts, this is ultra running. Like that sounds amazing, man. (laughs) So there's just a wide variety of different events. And Eric does a really good job chatting with people from, you know, every area of ultra running. So definitely check that out. Um, he also shares his URP daily news, which I mentioned at the very end. Uh, basically, it's just a congregation of various blogs, uh, science articles, news reports, race reports, uh, anything and everything to do with ultra running. Uh, a lot of times it also has to do with just, you know, uh, outdoor sports. And of course, anything and everything to do with beer. 
Uh, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, I would really love it if you guys went back and looked at our archives and maybe maybe pick out a few episodes uh, of your interest. Like I said, we're kind of an all-around outdoorsy adventure sports podcast. Um, also, just the mindset of athletes, um, kind of just stuff I'm interested in. Honestly, that's, I mean, what's the best, best reason to start a podcast is to talk to people about stuff that you're interested in. (laughs) So, so that's basically what this is. Uh, yeah. So check out the rest of those. You can find them all on our website, like a bigfoot.com, all the fun social media stuff, fun quote unquote. Um, and of course you can always subscribe to iTunes and we will be having a new episode out every week. Which brings us to our preview for next week. Uh, We are talking to Candice Burt, who is the race director of the Tahoe 200 and the Bigfoot 200. And then the upcoming Moab 200, which is really like 230, 230 some miles. So she's the evil genius behind those events. So yeah, tune in next week. Uh, We'll drop this sometime towards the end of the week and then it'll be posted about on Facebook and all that fun stuff on Sunday. All right, guys, um, that wraps up today's podcast. And once again, big thanks to Eric. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, yeah, guys, go enjoy the week. Find some good stuff, some fun adventures to have this weekend. And uh, I don't know, set some lofty goals and start pursuing them. All right, peace.